Welcome to What's Your Forte, presented by Bandology. Welcome to the third episode of What's Your Forte. This week, we have Romera Abraham. Romera is a London-based vocal producer, sound engineer, songwriter, drummer, and vocalist. Her musical journey began at the age of five with classical piano, then moved to drums at age 11, then vocal training at age 12, and that led her to completing her grade eight piano at age 18. From there, she went on to get a Bachelor of Arts honors in music and law from Carleton University in Ottawa, Ontario. Then she moved to the UK to pursue an advanced diploma in sound engineering and music production from Abbey Road Institute, which is affiliated with Abbey Road Studios. If Abbey Road Studios sounds familiar to you, there's the famous studio that the Beatles recorded their Abbey Road record and some other records. In this interview, Romera shares some great tips and tricks getting into the sound engineering and music production industry. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode on What's Your Forte. So welcome to What's Your Forte. Let's start just briefly explaining your current positions. So currently, um, I am a runner uh, slash assistant engineer at Metropolis Studios, which is Europe's largest independent recording studio. And I also am a freelance sound engineer and vocal producer. And can you bring us back to the beginning of your musical journey just what first drew you to pick up an instrument or to start studying music? Wow. To be honest, it started when I was very young. Um, I come from a very musical family. Um, so I was kind of thrust into piano lessons, drum lessons, voice lessons from a very young age. Um, and it was just kind of something that I started doing because everyone else in my family was doing it. Um, kind of a prerequisite to being an Abraham, if I may. But uh, when I was starting to get to more advanced levels and started doing my grade exams um, and learning songs that I actually wanted to play and and finding out that I could drum and sing and play piano and sing, um, and I had started to write my own music, it kind of became more of a passion for me um, and something that I wanted to pursue uh, at at the undergraduate level. Um, So I studied at Carleton University and yeah, and then everything kind of started from, from a very young age. And can you give like a little bit more of a uh, description and explain sort of the role of a sound engineer in music production? Right. So the bet I had to think about this answer, but a sound engineer um, for all intents and purposes manages the technical side of recording and it could be recording for podcasts, radio, music, what have you. Um, I work primarily in music, um, but I like to view kind of the realm of music as split into three sectors. You've got the creative side, the theoretical and the technical side. So sound engineering would fall under technical. Um, there are sound engineering roles in recording studio environments um, like the one I'm in. Uh, as well as live performance. So you can be a a live sound engineer for big concert venues, um, or you could be a touring sound engineer with a particular artist or band. But all of the realms of sound engineering deal with balancing and mixing audio, recording techniques, knowledge of microphones, um, amps, consoles, and other other recording equipment. Sorry, And you can also be responsible for the maintenance of all that. What does someone need to know if they want to become a sound engineer? Is there certain types of schooling or apprenticeships or different things that they need to know before they can start pursuing it as a career? So I had to do a little bit of research on this because I personally kind of stumbled upon it. Um, I Being someone that was a little bit more creative in music. Um, but if you are thinking about sound engineering as a serious career in high school or coming out of your undergraduate degree, um, there are uh, specialized university courses, both in Canada and the UK, 
all around the world actually <laughs> that offer sound engineering and music production degrees as like a bachelor of fine arts or a bachelor of arts um, or a bachelor of science in music technology for example is one kind of avenue um, there's also sound engineering schools that are independent or, or privately owned that specialize in sound engineering and music production and have kind of advanced diplomas for example that you could pursue coming out of your high school degree or even like a postgraduate degree um, which is what I did. Do you mind just um, briefly explaining that that program that was at Abbey Road Institute right? Yes uh, I did an advanced diploma in sound engineering and music production at Abbey Road Institute of which there are several now Um, it's it's a global institution Um, but I attended the one in London which is affiliated with Abbey Road Studios and we had a recording studio that was exclusive to our school that we were encouraged to use to record our own music, record other bands and artists um, in order to kind of get a feel for a recording studio environment and kind of understand signal flow by actually doing it and actually recording as opposed to learning just visually and verbally um, like you would sitting in a class. We did have classes, but we were graded on a lot of the projects that we were recording outside of outside of class so we still had theory exams but a lot of it was hands-on how did that um opportunity like arise (laughs) i was on holiday in london and i am a very big beatles fan and so i went to abbey road studios just to kind of take my classic crossing the crosswalk picture pretending to be john lennon and then i walked into the gift shop and i stumbled upon the pamphlets promoting abbey road institute and so i thought huh like i didn't realize that there's another side to this there was actually something i could study so i can work in a recording studio um and how cool would that be you know being someone coming from a more creative background, applying a technical skill. So I went back to Ottawa where I was living at the time and then I just applied from there. So specifically for students in high school that are preparing for this career, are there like certain certain technologies, certain softwares that they could start looking into that might help them start to explore the world of sound engineering? For sure. I didn't even realize before I started my engineering degree that people recorded music in us through a software and there are plenty available some of them less affordable than others i would say the industry standard that people learn is pro tools um, which is what's kind of used in most modern day recording studios to capture sound but and i would say maybe a little bit a little bit more creative and intuitive daw it's called digital audio workstation would be logic pro x you can kind of update it through your app store but you do have to buy it which as a student i understand is not so accessible but GarageBand is another daw i would say is a bit more accessible because i believe it comes with macbook pros when you buy them or if you have them um, and if you're typically like already a musician that's recording themselves at home for school projects or like maybe you're you are on youtube doing covers and stuff it's a really handy tool to kind of wrap your head around and you can kind of start to get a feel for um, how those software um, work yeah that's a great answer yeah i used the app for GarageBand like on my iphone in high school when i was like first exploring like composition just because I wanted to like oh, that's awesome. hear what all the different parts sounded like on top of each other's. That's really cool. I didn't even know that there was an app to be fair. <laughs> so is being a sound engineer more of like a collaborative job or is it a one person thing? Is it just you and the artist? How does that work? To be honest, it really depends on the environment you're in. I think 
a lot of it revolves around the creative side still. So let's say you are working with an artist in a recording studio who prefers to kind of just be alone in the room and maybe it's a writing session so they want to kind of feel a bit more vibey and not have a lot of people in the room at once. Um, because I'm an assistant engineer, my job is to just assist the sound engineer that is running the session. So a lot of times if an artist is uncomfortable with an extra body in the room, I just make their lives easier and leave. <laughs> but again, it's all about developing that comfortable environment for an artist or a band to record in, whether that means being there and giving creative input if you're asked or kind of stepping to the back a little bit and letting them do their thing and just stepping in when there's a technical issue or they ask for your opinion or you're needed. In my freelance sound engineering and vocal production work, a lot of it is just myself and the artist. And I do like that because I develop a bond with the artist and we almost become friends and they get to open up to me about the project they're working on. Uh, I get to learn more about the track or the album or song. But I think in bigger studio environments, definitely you will typically have an assistant engineer, uh, maybe a couple of assistant engineers and your main engineer if it's a bigger band that you're recording um, or if there's a lot of equipment involved or a lot of prep work. So this is this is a new segment that has only been on one episode before, but it's it's called the Fast Five Rapid Round. I'm kind of scared. Okay. You just say the first thing that comes to your mind, but there's no time limit. I'll do my best. Okay, you ready? I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. All right. Your favorite concert you attended? Ah, Lennon Stella. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> music you listened to growing up? Oh, wow. A lot of the music I listened to growing up revolved around whatever my dad listened to. So Super Tramp. Talking Heads, um, The Eagles, Fleetwood Mac, um, Led Zeppelin, all that. <laughs> uh, favorite movie soundtrack? <gasps> That's so hard. There's so many good ones. Okay, all of the Harry Potter soundtracks and the Lord of the Rings ones too. Um, and the Star Wars, Star Wars ones. Basically anything John Williams. That's my answer. Um, an instrument that you wish you played? Um, the guitar to a very high level. Okay, and the last one, a hidden talent. Oh, um, I'm double jointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. Does that count? <laughs> yeah. That's my party trick. I like the Lennon Stella answer. It's like a little little Canadian nod oh my there. god yeah that's right she's canadian I always, yeah. I always forget but she's awesome <laughs> such a great artist bandology is a proud canadian nonprofit dedicated to more music for more kids via education collaboration and community find out more at bandology.ca who are your major influences or mentors or people that helped you get to where you are today there are a lot of people. I think in terms of sound engineering, the engineers at Metropolis that I assist now are some amazing mentors. And it's rare, to be honest, that, I mean, I guess as a woman, um, have walked into a studio and been welcomed with such open arms. And they see my willingness to learn and they cater to that. They show me their little mixing tricks and they're like, they say things that validate me. Like, um, I apologize if... I'm being um, repetitive here if you already know this, but how can I show you this quick thing on Pro Tools, which is something I really appreciate. 
um, as someone just learning. So I think that they, the three of them, um, Alex, Paul, and, and Liam, might be um, some really big mentors for me just because of the wonderful way that they've approached my learning. Oh, Sylvia Massey is another really big sound engineer influence for me I think she's very experimental and um, she's done the Tool records and and System of a Down and a bunch of other really cool bands but I have her book Recording Unhinged and a lot of her tips and tricks on vocal production have helped in my freelance sessions Um, so I guess she's someone I look up to a lot too but music wise I would have to say influences a lot of the bands that I grew up listening to to be honest I only started getting into vocal harmony when I was listening to the Eagles and like Shania Twain, woo, um, Canadian. <laughs> I think those might be my key ones. Nice, that's awesome. Are there any sort of career highlights or some experiences that you've had so far that have really shaped a certain aspect of your career or anecdote that you were like, wow, I never thought that this could have happened. There are a couple of milestones that I definitely never thought I would I would hit. Um, when I was working um, as an engineer with Spotify, we got to fly out to New York and do a vocal session at Electric Lady. Um, and, you know, the day itself was so fast paced and um, we were heavily rotating around this set schedule for us that not, I didn't really get to look back, take a step back from it all and say, look at where you are. Like, this is so awesome. But I did at the end of the day with the other two sound engineers that I was with who are also amazing. And we were like, wow, we've we've actually done this. That's really cool. Um, and another one would be um, I played drums for a band. Um, I was subbing for a drummer in a band at a gig at Trafalgar Square, which... Um, was at Pride last year and was by far the biggest crowd I've ever played and it was just so sick (laughs) that's awesome correct me if I'm wrong but Electric Lady that's that's in New York and that's a very famous recording studio yes it is yes um it's uh famously the Jimi Hendrix studio that's super cool that you got to record there Yeah, so that brings us to why is music education important to you? This is like how much time do you have? Music education is so important and I'm so sad to see music education constantly being defunded all over the place. I think that even something like learning an instrument is so important for a child's cognitive development, um, social skills. I think there's so many other social aspects to music that people don't take into account. I am a bit biased. It's played such a key role in my life. It's shaped the way I think about the arts. I'm so much more appreciative of theater, dance, like visual arts as well, all of which are such key things in our world. I don't, I think people really underestimate the power of the arts. I would like to sort of jump back to your undergrad and why uh, that program, why you wanted to study it post-secondarily and why Ottawa. Um, Carleton University, first of all, is my dad's alma mater as well. Um, he went to both Ottawa U and Carleton and that was kind of how I was exposed to Ottawa in the first place. When I was looking at university programs, I initially wasn't thinking of music at all. I actually switched to music after my first year of university at Carleton. I was initially in human rights law, which is still something I'm incredibly passionate about, but I was lying to myself essentially by not going into something music related because I had done it for so long and I had done it my entire life. And at that point I was like, you know what? I think I could be, re- this is something that I'm good at and I want, I want to pursue this as a career. And it took a lot of 
kind of building up my self-confidence and, and motivation, I, I would say, to just be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to switch programs and go into music. I still kept my law major because uh, at that time, wanting to transition into like intellectual property law, something still related to the music field, but something that I, you know, I was hoping to find a career in. But again, I steered clear of that path. And I was like, no, if you're going to do music, you're going to go harder, go home, <laughs> which uh, ended up um, being what I did. So Spotify program, do you mind explaining that? So both last year and the year before, which is the year I did it, um, Spotify uh, had a something called an EQL studio residency program that they curated in partnership with Berklee College of Music um, in Boston to appeal to female identifying sound engineers and producers that were looking for studio residency opportunities. And Spotify has an initiative called Secret Genius, which targets um, music producers and songwriters in in kind of the pop R&B industries and they have their own studios in a handful of cities around the globe. I believe there's one in Toronto, Atlanta, not New York anymore, Nashville, London and LA. So when I first started they had applications open for the London, New York and Nashville positions and so myself and two other um, female engineers got those positions and started working um, out of those specific studios for Secret Genius. And in those situations, or in my experience at least, um, it was myself and the artist, sometimes the producer. So that was kind of my super hands-on, you've thrown me into the deep end, so now I've really got to step it up introduction to the industry <laughs> after my degree at Abbey Road. Uh, so Metropolis Studios, Europe's largest independent recording studio, where did that come into play after Abbey Road, after Spotify? Funnily enough, that was purely a location thing. When I was working with Spotify, they moved locations from a studio in Ladbroke Grove called Sarm to Metropolis Studios, literally a month after I had started working with them. And so I thought, oh my gosh, Kay, that increases my commute by like 45 minutes but let's see um and after being in and out of that building every day for eight nine months um and building close relationships with the management at metropolis and um, some of the assistant engineers there the runners etc i i thought this is a really great next step for me and so i i asked if i could start assisting there um and then i started off as a runner and i'm still running <laughs> it was just kind of one thing building off of another to be fair i always you always kind of have to think about what your next step is going to be because i would say that the sound engineering field is so competitive and a lot of people want to be working in sound engineering but specifically in music and places like abbey road studios and metropolis and sarm are examples of the places to do it but of course there are only a handful of spots that they would need so I made it a goal and then I worked my way from there. You mentioned a, a runner what is a runner? Really good question actually I, wa I wanted to touch on this a runner is another studio position in traditional studio roles you have uh, most most people would start very young um, kind of out of their high school degrees um, maybe out of university nowadays um, as in a runner role at a recording studio which as a runner you deal with studio equipment maintenance picking up food for the clients you're essentially assisting the assistant engineers um, and also just kind of looking after the studio as if it were a hotel let's say <laughs> you want you know you go into studios if there's a session in there clean it up but don't touch anything that's not yours um, you know make sure everything is presentable um, 
and helping other people around the building who need help. There can be mastering engineers that need jobs done, um, the office that would need jobs done, uh, the tech engineers that maintain all the equipment um, that might need help. So that's kind of your job as a runner. But typically runners are also looking to be engineers where they have that kind of background. And you'd learn from assistant engineers, you learn from the engineers that are in the building. And then slowly you work your way up. So then maybe, you know, one day when they're short on assistance for a really big session, you could be called on to shadow, you can be called on to fully assist that session. And then you just kind of hop on and then hopefully you get called back for more. So it's maybe one of those like stepping stone roles first rung of the ladder kind of thing exactly that's a really good way to put it first rung of the ladder but there are also some studios that don't really have runners and don't operate on that policy so the kind of runner ladder scheme is is very traditional i would say Um, not a lot of places still uphold that Um, also because since a lot of sound engineering and production schools have come up a lot of the times you're you find you have runners who are highly skilled runners who could be assistants or just don't know the gear well enough yet so it is really that stepping stone i think that there is a sense of importance of being a runner first it's it's kind of a learning curve some people take years to learn that stuff some people take a few months so it really depends on how on how quickly you want to move up and how fast you absorb that information and how helpful you want to be now because covid kind of everything's been put on hold but do you have any sort of projects or plans coming up well there's an ep coming out by an artist named matt taylor who is a good friend of mine he gave me the privilege of recording his whole ep and and doing the vocal production on it so that's coming out june 19th we've we've been working on that pre-covid and pre-lockdown but there's kind of a gap between when all of these things come out so a lot of the things that i've been working on during lockdown have been writing sessions with kind of various artists and fellow songwriters that we're kind of keeping on to the side for later zoom is actually a wonderful tool for songwriting i found but yeah still kind of releasing the things that i've been working on pre-lockdown so fingers crossed for more (laughs) that's super cool it's it's really interesting to see how like the whole industry is adapting to a sort of a virtual way of working around it Mm -hmm. is there anything that you maybe want to go back to that you mentioned and just want to like explain at all i might want to add something to everything i've said overall i think one of the main important things about just not even about sound engineering but being in this industry in general that i've learned and it's genuinely the biggest thing i've learned in all of this is networking and having those social skills and that ability to build connections with other people is so so important when you're wanting to move up or looking for other projects to work on at the end of the day you have to spend a set amount of time with your engineers, your assistants, with your clients. And the key thing is, you know, you want to be in the room with, you have to pick someone out of a whole range of people that you want to spend that time with. You want that you want to introduce your creative side to. Um, so I just, I just think it's important to be yourself and not think too, too much um, about all of the technical aspects, um, all of which are still super important, obviously. But at the end of the day, you kind of have to be the, the kind of person that other people want to spend time with. That is so true. A big part of it is the social aspect. Yeah. And it's, there are pros and cons, obviously. Um, but there, yeah, you're right. There's a huge social aspect. If people want to learn more about you, contact you, anything like that, where can they go? I would say at the moment, um, my website is still kind of under construction, but I kind of keep my Instagram pretty heavily updated. Um, So it's just Ramera, R-A-M-E-R-A with two extra A's. (laughs) Um, And those are actually my initials. I'm not trying to be cool. But yeah, I think Instagram might be the best way to kind of either either message me, um, ask questions or just kind of look at the stuff that's coming out that I worked on. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on What's Your Forte. It was super cool to talk to you and meet you. Thank you so much, Megan.
Thank you so much, Romero, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me and educate us on the ins and outs of the role of a sound engineer. And thanks to you, the listener, for taking the time to listen or watch this interview on whatever platform you are watching on. If you want to stay up to date on What's Your Forte episodes, you can either subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on any of the podcasting platforms that you are listening on. New episodes will be up every single Friday for What's Your Forte Fridays. Thank you again for listening to this week's episode. My name is Megan Harden, and this is What's Your Forte presented by Bandology. Thanks for joining us on What's Your Forte presented by Bandology. If you liked what you heard, you can find out more about this series and our organization at bandology.ca, which features information about research, advocacy, and music education, and our band camp and play a gig programs. Follow us on social media for more videos and performances on Instagram and Facebook.